10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your humble host, Jason Fornwald, and it is my very good honor to welcome you in for another episode. Are you guys paying attention to what the Democrat propaganda machine is doing right now with this Obamagate situation? Um, trying to explain everything away, trying to accuse President Trump of distracting the American people from what's going on with the COVID-19 virus. Of course, that's all winding down. Um, I don't know exactly why he would just try to distract us from that now. But that's the allegation that they're making. They are speaking with their usual one unified voice, um, just like Joe Goebbels, you know, speaking through his megaphone and making his posters and, um, you know, creating ads that were seen in every German movie theater. Um, they're doing exactly the same thing. And when you listen to them, they use the same language. It's not just that they're reporting the same things the same way. They use the same language, the same catchphrases. So it's like, you cannot tell me this is not an organized attempt to brainwash the American people into believing their way of thinking. Um, and it's just absolutely ridiculous that we continue to let them get away with it. This is nothing new, as you well know. It started well before the beginning of the Trump administration where they accused him of being a Russian agent. We know that's completely false. They said that Russia interfered, you know, to help Trump win the election. We know that that's completely false. They said that Trump was a Putin puppet. We know that that's completely false. They said that he hired Russian prostitutes to pee on a bed used by the Obamas. We know that's completely false. They said that he gave an ultimatum to Ukrainian President Zelensky to dig up dirt on Biden. We know that's completely false. They said that Hillary only had wedding plans and yoga routines on her server. We know that's completely false. They said that Russians hacked the DNC servers. That's completely false. <laughs> they said that the DNC didn't rig the primary for Hillary. Completely false. They said that Biden didn't threaten Ukraine and say that he was going to withhold a billion dollars in aid to them unless the prosecutor investigating his son was fired. Completely false. Now they're saying there's nothing to Obamagate. And guys, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you have heard me explain the Democrats' efforts to sabotage this administration. You know, not only did it include all of those things that I mentioned, it included setting up a four-star general, telling him he was not being interviewed by the FBI, that they were just going to sit down and have a little chat. He asked if he, had, if he needed a lawyer. They told him no. And they proceeded to arrest him for providing false information to the FBI. They went on to threaten his son, totally bankrupt him. Um, you know, it, Flynn's lost his house. He's lost his life savings. I mean, you know, his defense at this point is being handled by donations. Um, and I'm sorry, but a four-star general who didn't do anything wrong should never be disrespected like that. I mean, it's an absolute disgrace what they did to this man. James Comey even came out and said publicly that... I've sent my guys over there. Now, I probably wouldn't have done that in the Bush administration or in the Obama administration 
you know, he realized that there were channels that he was supposed to go through and he was expected to do that. He took advantage of a fresh transition team and, and a team of people that hadn't been in government up to this point. Trump had never had a government job. He worked in the private sector his entire life. There's a learning curve there to processes and procedures. And the FBI and the FBI director should have had enough courtesy and decency for the office to make the president and his people aware of what those procedures are and what they actually needed to do. They didn't. They went in, they took advantage of Flynn, they blackmailed him and got a guilty plea out of him. You know, and like I said, Comey has admitted publicly, I've listened to the tape of it a number of times, that he went around all the normal channels that he would have used and went in and talked to Flynn, telling him he wasn't being interviewed and, and totally railroaded the man. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. And to this point, they've been allowed to get away with it. And it sounds like the Flynn case may be dropped, you know, and that's great. You know, he may be getting out of prison here at some point soon. That's wonderful. But he goes home to his life savings being, well, I'm sorry, he's not going home. I don't know where he's going to go. His home's gone. His life savings is gone. You know, he's left with nothing after getting railroaded and abused by the most corrupt administration in the history of this country. It is not close. It is not at all close. And I've explained this to you guys. I mean, it's, it's been over two years that I've been telling you what happened, how they set up Flynn, you know, what they did to Manafort, the things that they tried to do to Trump with the false dossier and, and many, many other things. You know, I, I, I hate to sound arrogant, but I've been on top of this stuff from the very beginning. While the national media lies to you, bold-faced lies to you, to try to convince you that the Democrats are right when they are the criminals in this entire situation. I've been right. I mean, it disgusts me that they have the platform that they do. And here I am with my humble little podcast. And don't be offended by that. You know I love every one of you guys, and I, I appreciate everyone that listens to the show personally. You, I'm talking to you. But it's like, why does, why does Chuck Todd have this voice that he gets to talk to the entire country when we know he's a disgusting, filthy, worthless, lying part of the Democrat propaganda machine? You know, and, and here I am talking to as many of you as I can. And again, I appreciate that. Please don't misunderstand that at all. But it's like, why aren't the voices of reason? Why aren't the voices of truth? Why aren't the voices of the American people the voices that are being heard? And Barack Obama is fully aware of everything. The transcripts that have come out this week prove he was aware of everything. The wiretapping, the spying, the unmasking of Americans, which Joe Biden was in on too. There's no reason at all the vice president of the United States would need to know about an FBI investigation like that. It is completely unprecedented for a vice president to ask what's going on in a case of, of that stature 
for him to even have the information that there's an American here that could be unmasked is an utter travesty. And again, completely unprecedented. I, I mean, I, I can't be more disgusted by all of this stuff. And the source of my anger is the fact that I have been saying for over two years this is what happened. Dumb little Jason Fornwald in Western Maryland with a TV, a radio, and Google. And I'm able to piece together what happened? You mean to tell me that NBC News doesn't have the resources that I do to find out the truth? You mean to tell me that the New York Times doesn't have an editorial staff strong enough to find out the truth when I can? Bullshit! Excuse my French. I really try not to do that. You know, I feel like it's disrespectful to you guys when I use that kind of language. I'm sorry. I'm just so worked up about this. It makes me absolutely sick. Like I said, the transcripts that have been released this week prove that Obama knew everything. Everything. Richard Nixon had two guys pick a lock and get caught drinking a bottle of whiskey at DNC headquarters at the Watergate Hotel. Barack Obama spied on, wiretapped, railroaded, criminally un unmasked Americans in an effort to stop a duly elected president of the United States from taking office. Barack Hussein Obama is the most vile and disgusting American who has ever walked our soil. The man is a traitor. His DOJ was comprised, comprised of traitors. His FBI was largely comp comprised... Why can't I even talk right now? His FBI was largely comprised of traitors, at least at the highest levels. I'm sure there are good people working there. I wish to hell they would speak up more often than they do. You know... Everybody that knew about this and said nothing should spend the rest of their lives in a federal prison. I include former President B. Hussein Obama. He is filth. Absolute filth. And I'm disgusted that he calls himself an American, too. He doesn't deserve that right like we do. You know, and I'm being very generous by suggesting federal prison. As you guys have heard on the show before, the penalty for treason is hanging still. Uniform Code of Military Justice, look it up. And don't get me wrong. You know, I, I bash the press because they deserve it. But I love a free press. You know, I, I'm a very strict constitutionalist. I can't very well say that we shouldn't have, you know, press agencies and outlets that want to report whatever the hell they want to. You know, unfortunately, I kind of contradict myself because I think they should be allowed to do that, and they are. But I also think it's sick that they take away access to the truth from great Americans who truly care about their country, who want to know who's working for them and who is subverting them every step of the way. 
I mean, folks, this this at this point is already the most heinous crime and cover up in the history of the United States of America. It truly is. It truly is. You know, what if the roles were reversed? What if Barack Obama followed Donald Trump? And we'll say that Obama's ready to come into office. Obviously, Trump doesn't want that to happen. So Trump goes to his FBI director and says, hey, uh, you know, what, what can we do to prevent this? And the FBI director says, well, we can do a couple of things. You know, we can wiretap their offices. And Trump says, okay, good, let's do that. I can send agents over because, you know, they're all fresh and inexperienced. You know, we can trick them into not going through the proper channels. We'll go over. We'll tell the guy he's not being investigated. You know, we'll tell him that he doesn't need a lawyer. And then, I got it. I got it. We'll arrest him for providing false information to us. And Trump says, well, you know, what if, what if you don't have enough there? And the FBI director says, you know, what we'll do is uh, we'll threaten his son, you know, threaten to put him in jail and, and tell him that. And I bet he'll roll over and plead. And President Trump says, that's a fantastic idea. Let's do that, too. And on down the line, what do you think our media says at that point? Is it a story? Is it a story? You're damn right it's a story. And they would paint it as it is, as the biggest crime and most heinous cover-up in American history. Why? Because Trump's a Republican. It's that simple. And, you know, it doesn't just stop with the media. I started thinking about the Pulitzer Prizes that were awarded for Trump-Russia collusion. Yes, that actually happened. There were Pulitzer Prizes handed out for reporting on Trump's collusion with Russia, which, of course, never happened. And there's no evidence that it ever happened because it didn't so I decided, you know, I'd look into the makeup of the Pulitzer Prize board. Um, and I think you'll be interested to hear some of these. So they've got Nancy Barnes from NPR. Obviously, NPR leans pretty significantly left. They have Robert Blau from Bloomberg. Bloomberg being a Democrat presidential candidate, I think it's safe to say that Bloomberg leans pretty far left. They have Gail Collins from the New York Times. The New York Times is the leftist magazine that establishes the news cycle for all the other pieces of the Democrat propaganda machine. They have Carlos Lozada from the Washington Post. Could the Washington Post lean any further left? They have David Remnick from New Yorker magazine, and that's actually a decent rag, to be perfectly honest. I mean, there might be a slight left lean there, but nothing serious. This one's fun. Tommy Shelby, who is professor of African and African-American studies and philosophy at Harvard. So not only do we have a hardcore left, left lean, we've got a discriminatory left lean. And thank you guys for asking, but no, there aren't any professors of European, Hispanic, Asian, Middle Eastern, or any other ethnic group on the board at all. They have three more members from Columbia. Of course, you know, most major 
and Ivy League universities lean pretty significantly left, and NYU. So it's like, and there's a couple others. I, I didn't recognize the, the outlets that they were from. There's like four or five other people on there, um, which even if, let's pretend they all lean hardcore right, you know, it, it's nowhere close to making up these 11, 12 people, you know, that are nothing but dyed-in-the-wool leftists. So not only is our media a propaganda machine for the Democrats, but what is allegedly the most prestigious prize in journalism has been set up to reward the Democrat propaganda machine. I mean, it's like, and again, if I can look this up and I can find this out for myself and I can develop an understanding of this on my own, there's no excuse for serious news agencies not doing that. I mean, how dare you not tell the American people that Barack Hussein Obama used his DOJ to spy on, illegally unmask, wiretap, and railroad members of an incoming administration. And that's on top of Peter Strzok, who was compromised as an agent because he was banging somebody in the office, which can be used to blackmail him. He shouldn't have been in his position in the first place if he was even at the Bureau at all. That's on top of him saying... When Page asked him, Trump's not going to become president, is he? Strzok said, no, we'll stop it. No, we'll stop it. And this man was in charge of both the Trump and Clinton investigations, which that's a conflict of interest beyond belief there in itself. But here's somebody at the top of the FBI, the top of the FBI, saying that he's going to prevent a duly elected president of the United States from taking office. Again, Trump's DOJ, Trump's FBI, Trump does that. What happens? Tell me what happens. It's absolutely disgusting. And the Democrats know if word of this gets out there, they are done forever. And that's why they have the media in their back pocket. Because if the truth comes out, they're done. I mean, they're absolutely done. There's no way you can explain this away. And they're allowed to continue. And far too much of the American public doesn't care. Because they're not doing their own research. They're not doing their own homework. They're listening to what their talk box tells them every night, and that's what they believe. And I've said this before, you know, not everybody has the same mental capability. Not everybody has the same interests. You know, I happen to be a fairly sharp guy who loves politics. I mean, I just, I love politics. You know, it, it's... Elections are like the Super Bowl for me. You know, I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, as you know, I'm also someone who is deeply, deeply patriotic. Um, 
I was having a conversation with my girlfriend just last night, as a matter of fact, and I was trying to explain to her, you know, why I, one, have this show, um, two, why I post some of the stupid things that I do on Facebook, and I, I do fully admit that I, I get carried away on there sometimes, and I say things that I probably shouldn't say, you know, n nothing... No kinds of threats or anything like that, but I get very vocal. I've been calling my governor, Larry Hogan, in the state of Maryland, Das Fuhrer since the beginning of this. Is that an appropriate thing to say? I mean, it's probably not. When the Third Reich killed 36 million people, at least. But I, I was trying to explain to her why I'm like that. And... I think there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, one, I come from deeply American and deeply patriotic stock. Um, as I've talked about on the show before, my grandfather um, was a first wave D-Day vet on Omaha Beach. You know, over half of those guys didn't come home. He was, you know, the, the greatest family man I've ever known. I... You know, I was five when he passed away. And so, you know, on those rare occasions that he might have talked about the war, I didn't get to hear any of it. Um, but I remember every time I would go over to, to his and my grandmother's house, they had this little step down into their living room. And he'd hear my little feet <laughs> make that step down. And he'd clap his hands, come here, humdinger. You know, and although I didn't understand what he'd actually done, I knew he was in the Army. And I knew that he cared very deeply about his country. Um, and as I found out more about him as I got older, I realized just what sacrifices he made. You know, not just for the good of this country, but for my little worthless self. <laughs> you know, and it, it still, you can hear it in my voice, I'm sure. It, it still moves me every time I think about him and what he did and who he still is to me. Um, you know, my, my dad served in the Navy. His brother, Gary, rest his soul, um, passed away about seven or eight years ago uh, from complications from Agent Orange. You know, and and we Fornwaltz are people who stand up very strongly for the things that we believe in. Um, any of my close friends will tell you that. I'm sure they get a little embarrassed by me sometimes, the way I, I get carried away. Um, but it's like not only that, but myself, you know, my time in the Army was extremely humble. I hesitate to even bring it up, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it's like I, I made the same commitment that everybody else that's ever put that uniform on did. To protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And you guys probably get sick of me saying that phrase. But... That's an oath for me that doesn't expire. And when I see governors and, and legislatures and, you know, federal officials and all of these people just 
trampling all over the rights that these people before us left for us. It makes me want to break down and cry. It really does. And I get so frustrated because I have very well-meaning people in my life, you know. Jace, we just got to do this for a little while. You know, put the mask on and, you know, it's not really infringing on our liberties. And I, I know you'd like to go out to eat tonight, but, you know, we have to understand that we can't do that right now. And, you know, all that stuff's going to come back. It's like, is it? I mean, I'm hopeful that it will. But it's like, when you look back at, at not, take 9-11. You look back at 9-11. Horrible day. God-awful day. You know, it, it was our Pearl Harbor. 3,000 of our fellow Americans lost in one day. But not to minimize that at all, when that day was over, it was over. There was no more threat. It was done. And 19 years later, 19 years later, we still have the Patriot Act. We still have warrantless wiretapping. We still have real ID that can be tracked. I mean, folks... You listen to this show, so I, I know we're pretty much on the same page. I, I think anybody that you know was too far on the opposite side would get too frustrated to even continue to listen. But it's like, historically, when our government has taken rights away, they don't come back. If you think your government can force you to wear a mask, they can force you to wear a swastika. There's no difference. There's absolutely no difference. They can't force you to wear anything. And if you open that door, oh, I guarantee you it's going to happen down the road. You're going to have some kind of symbol that shows, yes, I support the party, whatever the party is. You know, I, I happen to believe that there were a lot of very good-hearted, well-intentioned German people in the, the 30s and early 40s. And they fell victim to an evil, charismatic person and his propaganda. And somehow it convinced them that 8 million Jews needed to die. And 36 million people needed to die. Are, are we going to sit here and say we're better than them? Are we going to sit here and say we can't fall victim to that kind of propaganda? How many times during the course of your day do you hear, we're all in this together? We're all in this together. We got to take care of each other because we're all in this together. You know, the people who don't pay attention and aren't informed regurgitate the propaganda that they hear on a daily basis. So you're seeing the demonstration that we're not any better than those Germans. We're impressionable human beings, just like they were. 
Look at your friends. Oh, I'm contributing. You know, I got my mask on and I'm wearing my gloves and, you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> it's like, it horrifies me. It horrifies me. And you notice that the government message, the media message, and the private sector message is all the same. They're all saying we're all in this together. You know, oh, we're united as Americans and we're combating the invisible enemy. Woohoo for us. And these poor adults don't have any idea what's happening to them. No idea at all. And our media needs to be ashamed. I was listening to uh, Dr. Oz on Sean Hannity's show this afternoon, Thursday, as this is being recorded. Um, and he said, a third of all American deaths from COVID-19 have been in nursing homes. He said that 80% of the people that died in New York City had at least two underlying conditions. You know, and... Oh, and he also said that uh, 66%, 66% of the people that visited hospitals in New York City had been self-isolating, staying at home. So it's like we've been fed a line of total crap. Total crap. But because that's what our media says, and that's what the United Message is across the board... Again, the people that don't care enough to do their own homework and do their own research, that's what they believe. I have to give up my rights because everybody in the United States is going to die if I don't. For God's sake, they told us 2.2 million Americans were going to die in the beginning. Then they dropped it to 100,000 to 240,000. Then it was 60,000. Then it was 80,000. I don't even know where they are now. You know, we were told that masks don't help us. Then we were told that masks help. We were told that animals can't get this. And now all of a sudden animals can't. We were told that you can get this twice. And now we're told you can only get it once. So it's like all of these people have surrendered their rights based on a lie. It's not even based on good information. And if we think we are getting some good information, finally it'll change the next day. We've got to wake up. We've got to be smarter than this. We've got to be better than this. We've got to be Americans. It's just that simple. And so that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse Delivery Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me once again. Thank you for your patience and your tolerance when I get worked up about some of these things. You know, I, I tell you all the time that my listeners are the best anywhere. Rush might have 43 million people that listen to him. That's wonderful. It really is. You know, but the group that I have that tunes in consistently, you guys are the best of the best. You're the elite as far as I'm concerned when it comes to being an American and truly understanding what that means. And I'm grateful for each and every one of you. As you guys know, I like your feedback. Um, there's a couple different ways you can do that. You can contact me on Twitter at Treehouse1776. That's at Treehouse1776. You can also contact me at the Treehouse of Liberty podcast page on Facebook, Treehouse of Liberty podcast. And finally, you can also send me an email if you choose. My personal email is jdfsandfrankorn as in Nancy, W A L 
T as in Tom, at gmail.com. I would be so appreciative to hear from any of you, and I especially want to hear from you if you disagree with me. Um, I am more than happy to give you as much time as you would like to have on air. I try to keep the show to about a half an hour. I'll give you the whole half an hour if you want it, whether you agree with me or not. Um, let me know that you would like to claim that time and space or more or less. Um, that can be accommodated as well. And let's make it happen because as I tell you guys all the time, this isn't my show. This is our show. And I'd very much like you to be a part of it in addition to your listenership, which I greatly appreciate. In the meantime, all of you take care. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Do the things that they're asking us to do right now. I am as well. I don't like it, but I understand that it's a a necessary evil at this point. Um, And hopefully things will be getting better very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much again. I have been your host, Jason Fornwall. This is the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. Thank you very much, and take care.